Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Attachments podcast. My name is Jessica De Silva and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and an attachment coach helping adults end their unhealthy dating patterns and create stronger, secure relationships. I created this podcast as a platform to answer your questions and dive deeper into different aspects of each attachment style. I also share personal insights and stories in order to help you make sense of what you are experiencing. So please listen with an open heart and an open mind. Without further ado, let's get into it. So before we get into today's podcast episode, I wanted to inform you that you can now sign up for my digital course, My Secure Self Academy for the Anxious Attachment Style. This is a self-paced course guiding you through my entire coaching process with actionable steps and tools to move you away from worry and doubt and into confidence and security within yourself and your relationships. You also have access to me once a month for live Q&As to answer any of your burning questions. So to learn more and sign up, you can visit the link in the show notes or visit my website, jessicadesilvacoaching.com. Hope to see you there. Hello and welcome to today's podcast episode on how I personally set boundaries in my relationship. So boundaries is an extremely important topic to discuss as it not only helps us preserve our relationship to self, but it also lets others know how to treat us, right? What is acceptable and what isn't? And if you grew up in a codependent household or have an insecure attachment style, you most likely have unhealthy or no boundaries in place. And you guys, even though this concept of boundaries has been around for some time now, I never knew what it meant until probably my late 20s. So I was personally raised with the impression that loving another and supporting another requires us to basically neglect ourselves and our needs. And therefore, I thought that others had to do the same for me to show me that they loved me, right? This is how I experienced love. Um, But really... When two people don't have any boundaries, that is basically the recipe for a codependent relationship. Um, Also, you guys, I didn't know what needs were until doing attachment work. So to give you some context of what uh, not having boundaries looks like, I'm going to share a little bit about my past. So I was the eldest child of three girls raised by a single immigrant mother. So when my dad left us at the age of 12, I got parentified, um, which is the psychological term for adopting the role of parent and taking on those responsibilities. Um, And it was only until then when I consciously began feeling the repercussions of an uh, an enmeshed relationship, meaning a codependent relationship with no boundaries. So what did no boundaries look like growing up? You might relate to this if you are listening. Um, It looked like being hypervigilant to my mother's needs, 
her moods, her body language, anything that indicated whether I was safe that day or not, meaning whether I had to extend my energy and console her or if I could enjoy just being a teenager and minding my own business. Um, It also looked like having to be her emotional crutch, meaning I had zero control in whether I wanted to hear her complain about my dad or work or her relationships or money or my sisters or whatever it was that was bothering her that day. So being that outlet for her was how I met my need for what I thought was quality time and love. Um, Having no boundaries also looked like people pleasing. So denying how I felt or what I wanted in order to make sure she was happy and content because really all I wanted was my mom to be happy, right? Because if mom was happy, she could be more available to my sisters and I. Um, It looked like adapting my moods to hers, right? So this is where my feelings began to uh, become very dependent on her feelings, So if she was happy, I was happy. If she was sad, I was sad. There was no differentiation between my emotions and her emotions, between me as an individual and her as an individual, which is exactly what a lack of boundaries looks like. Um, It looked like, you know, telling her personal things and then having her use them against me when she was upset. It looked like lending her money and not getting paid back, Um, right? There were so many ways where my physical boundaries, my emotional boundaries, my mental boundaries were violated. And as much as I want to say that, yeah, I just thought that this was normal, um, I knew from a very early age that this was not normal because I was a very observant kid and didn't see these same behaviors in other families. So there was a lot of shame and embarrassment I carried because I knew there were healthier relationship dynamics out there and um, I was just really sad that I didn't have that. So most of my life I felt very defective. I felt not good enough and just like there was something inherently wrong with with us, with my family, with me. Um, and even though I wish I could say that the dis, you know the dysfunction ended in childhood or ended in my teenage years, um, it didn't because what we you know what we don't heal, we repeat. So throughout my 20s, I found myself, um, in similar you know, relationship dynamics where I felt controlled, where I felt overpowered, where I felt misunderstood, where I felt insignificant, where I felt disrespected. Um, and it was really immersing myself in the world of psychology and self-development in my later 20s uh, where I really understood that you know, this behavior wasn't okay and that there, you know, that there's healthier ways of existing in the world. So being in my current relationship, um, which we're actually hitting the five-year mark pretty soon, um, I wanted to experience a different kind of love, right? One that was, you know, it felt like I had my freedom, that there was security, that I had respect, um, like I could just be my own individual. 
And in order to create that, I had to not only identify, you know, what my boundaries were, meaning my needs, my values, my limitations, um, but I also had to learn to honor them uh, by communicating what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, Not just this, but I had to learn to respect the boundaries of others and not take it personally when they said no or they set their own personal limitations. So it's definitely been a two-way street, right? So I'm going to share with you some boundaries that I've set in my relationship in hopes that it gives you Um, at least some direction on where you may need to set boundaries in your relationship or just what this looks like in real time. So one example of setting a boundary has been asking for space, okay? So the more secure that I've become, the more I have learned that I love my personal space, right? I love to work. (laughs) I love my job, you guys. I love to work. I love to create content. I love to journal. I love to just dream. (laughs) I love to read. Um, I love to learn. I love to listen to podcasts. Um, I just like to ponder, you know, on my thoughts and my ideas, which he does too, which is great. Um, So this hasn't really been a problem for us, but setting a boundary when I really need time alone will sometimes look like going into my office that's attached to the house or going to bed early or going on solo hikes or walks with my dog um, to really meet this need for myself. And when I need a lot of space, which the last two years I have needed a lot more space because we've had so many things going on, Um, sometimes I will leave for a week or so and visit family in California. Um, when he needs his space, he will ride his motorcycle. He, you know, snowboards when there is snow, which in Colorado, we get lots of snow. Um, he just dives into researching stuff. Um, and he just has his own projects that he he'll, he'll work on. Um, cleaning has been another boundary I've set. So for instance, when I cook, he cleans. And this has not just been with him, but anyone that stays with us. Um, my boyfriend is very independent, but when we started living together, I noticed more of the housework somehow became my responsibility. And even though, um, you know, I know his parents take more of the traditional gender roles when it comes to house chores, I am not okay with that. So I had to repeatedly set my boundaries around sharing housework, which after, uh, you know, several attempts of doing that, um, he's finally gotten on board. And I just wanted to, to mention that sometimes, actually a lot of the time, most of the time, you guys, it doesn't just, it's not just one time setting the boundary. We have to repeatedly set the boundary and, and, and make those reminders for people to really begin changing the habit because what we're doing here is really creating new habits so it's gonna take several attempts and reminders to do that and that's okay um so i've had to set boundaries around my personal life right i like to travel with friends um and i never had the opportunity before because my previous partners felt very insecure about you know me traveling without them 
clearly a lot of trust issues there. And even though Miles, you know, my current partner is more securely attached, um, I just sometimes have to set boundaries around, you know, wanting my own individuality, wanting my own freedom, which looks like traveling without him sometimes. Um, I've had to set boundaries with money, uh, right? So even though we share a mortgage, we share bills, we share future goals, um, you know, our lives are very intertwined at this point. It's very, very important for me to have my own accounts. And so therefore, we've talked about how I choose to manage my money, okay? Um, I've had to set boundaries around his moods. This has been a really, really big one, you guys. It's been a very triggering one for me. Um, you know, we've had, again, we've had lots of big projects happening in our lives recently, uh, within the last couple of years. So the tension has been very high. Um, you know, Miles can get really moody and irritated easily. And when he gets into these funks, I have to physically remove myself from the space because I get easily affected by it. Um, as I mentioned to you guys earlier, I have a history of codependency. So I have a tendency of taking on the emotions of others and believing that it's somehow my fault or it's my responsibility to fix. So when he gets that way, I need to give him his space and take space for myself. Um, and then when he's less agitated, right, when he soothes, I can better support him. So even though this one has kind of taken some time, um, we've gotten a lot better at handling these situations, okay? Um, I've also had to kind of reframe my perception around emotions that are heavier, emotions that have more aggression in them, have more anger in them, have more agitation in them. Um, because in the past, I would see, you know, these emotions as being bad, as being scary, um, because I, I did suffer, you know, abuse in the past. Um, so I had to really reframe these emotions and see them as, and choose to see them as neutral, right? Choose to see them as just something that we're experiencing that isn't necessarily my fault, that isn't necessarily going to be taken out on me. Um, so there's been a lot of healing with, with my relationship to all the emotions, um, what else here? Okay, so, and not that this has ever really been an issue, but more so in the beginning of our relationship, uh, setting boundaries around not calling or texting each other back immediately. So sometimes I'm busy with work or maybe, you know, in the middle of a conversation um, or doing something and I can't, or maybe I don't want to answer right away, right? Maybe I don't want to answer right away. Um, sometimes he's busy and he's doing stuff and, you know, he loves conversations and talking and sometimes he gets carried away and he doesn't want to answer my call right away. Um, instead of taking that personally, we have, you know, set a boundary of this is okay, right? This is okay when we do this. Um, and we're not going to get mad at each other when we don't answer uh, the calls right away. In case it's an emergency, obviously we'll text each other and let us know. 
Um, but we've created a boundary around really respecting each other's space in that way. Um, another one is, you know, he's very extroverted. I'm very introverted. So I've had to set boundaries around what plans I agree to or not. Um, when I feel like going out or not, uh, you know, when we do go out where I've kind of reached my limit of socializing, um, and when to go home. So that's been really great. Uh, been really great to kind of be on the same page about that. Uh, so what else? Setting boundaries around my mental capacity, you guys. Um, so Miles talks a lot. He talks a lot. He's a Gemini. Okay. If you know, you know, and sometimes he will just go on and on and on about anything and everything and as much as I love hearing what's on his mind I really really do I find it very entertaining um my mental capacity sometimes cannot handle it it cannot handle it so this boundary has kind of taken a while to implement because I've had to find the right language to set my boundary of you know like hey I need some silence right now in a way that is, let's say, digestible for him and not offensive. Um, so we are getting there with that boundary. Um, but yes, boundaries around my mental, mental capacity is very, very important. Um, uh, what else? Miles used to travel a lot for work, you know, so setting boundaries around communication every day. Um, and at least, you know, texting, I mean, we're, we're really good with communication. It's something, it's a need that I have personally in relationships. And he's always been very good at that. Um, but you know, just reminding, you know, texts or a call before we go to sleep, especially when we're both traveling and things like that. Um, yeah. So with all, you know, with all this being said, relationships have been, relationships have always been very challenging for me. Um, but it's also been a huge catalyst for growth because I had to learn to set boundaries by experiencing the implications of not having any boundaries in the past. And as you guys know, you know, um, setting boundaries can feel very hard to do because we don't want to rock the boat meaning we don't want to cause any problems because history has shown us that if we rock the boat then guess what we're gonna get rejected we're gonna get ridiculed we're gonna get dismissed we might get criticized right we might be made to feel like a burden on the other and that feels terrible it feels awful so why rock the boat why speak up? Why be assertive? Why advocate for ourselves when it's just going to be a painful outcome? Okay, so setting boundaries for yourself, you guys, despite your insecurities, is key. It is key in cultivating confidence, respect, um, increasing your self-esteem, right? Increasing life satisfaction, um, increasing physical and emotional health, and ultimately really establishing that secure attachment style within yourself and your relationships. Setting boundaries will, will also show us, you know, who is willing to respect us or not, right? So if you're afraid of losing somebody by being your most authentic self, then that's reason for reevaluation, honestly, 
right? Do you really want someone in your life who isn't going to respect your needs or who you are as a person? So I always have to tell people and I have to remind myself as well because this is not just setting you know boundaries in romantic relationships, it's setting boundaries with friends, uh, with family members, with coworkers, whoever it is, right? Um, I have to remind myself and remind others that anything we lose when we stand up for ourselves or protect our boundaries was not meant to stay. Okay, so anything we lose when we stand up for ourselves or protect our boundaries was not meant to stay. Likewise, the people that do respect our boundaries are those that we want to keep around as they will help us relearn to experience love in healthy, secure ways, which is the goal, you guys, in healing our attachment traumas. Okay, so I hope that you gained some insight from this personal share. If you have an anxious attachment style and you're ready to take this knowledge a step further and learn actual steps to begin implementing these concepts in your life, meaning setting boundaries, reframing your insecure thinking patterns, embodying the secure version of yourself, I highly, highly suggest taking my digital course, my Secure Self Academy for the Anxious Attachment Style, which guides you through this entire process and more. And to learn more about that and to sign up, um, you can visit jessicadesilvacoaching.com or the link in the show notes. Um, And by the end of the year, I will have this course for the other attachment styles as well. All right, you guys, wishing you the best of luck as always, and I will catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you enjoyed it, please rate it or leave a comment. Hearing your feedback just motivates me to create more content for you guys. I appreciate you so much and I will catch you on the next episode.